I'm Jim. And I'm Emily. And we're, we're the, the Summers, Summers family. family. She works in an office. And he runs the home. Together, we're raising our four kids with an emphasis on family, adventure, and the arts. Welcome to the Summers Time Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Summer's Time Podcast. Tonight we wanted to talk about something that's very important to us, and that is perspective. Yeah, and, and most importantly, um, what we're talking about tonight is perspective for our kids. So um, this has been a bigger, an even bigger topic for us throughout the pandemic, but it was certainly something that we were focused on even before this, and we will continue to be focused on. Um, it's really easy to get caught up in your day-to-day life and in your space, and that is your kid's whole life experience. Mm-hmm. And we feel it's really important to introduce them to perspective beyond their bubble beyond what they know to be true. Mm -hmm. And there's a million ways that you can do this. We're going to touch on some ways that this is about changing their environment and some ways that this is about, um, you know, teaching them responsibility and that, you know, as they get older, they have more responsibility that they take on. So there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different lenses that we're going to take with this. We're going to share with you a few tips um, of things that we have uh, generated along the way that we've installed with our kids, but wanted to start off with why this is so important to us. So, Jim, why would you say perspective with our kids is so important? I know this has been a big topic for you. You you right. brought this up a lot in the pandemic. I think it's important, uh, as you already had mentioned, just because it's something that we need to teach. The, we feel we need to teach the kids as they grow up, but uh, it, it's a good way to instill curiosity and uh, allow them to kind of grow on their own while pushing them along the way. Um, it's It kind of opens their minds a little bit and gives them opportunities to do things that they wouldn't probably think about if we didn't kind of push them in that way. So Yeah. And just, you know, sense of adventure, we've said it before, is so important to us. And perspective is one way that I think that you can instill curiosity in the kids because you're teaching them that there's a whole world out there beyond what you know to be true. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I love to read and that's been something that I've been doing more and more with the kids. And we started our book club this summer and opening up a book and being able to transport to a different world. You know, it's it's interesting because even books can be a vehicle for us to open the kids' eyes to to um, expanded perspective. So I think curiosity is a is a big key to this, and that's kind of something that you know we want to instill in them for the long term. Like we mm-hmm. want to give them a sense. We want to spark a sense of curiosity in them in their younger years, so it lives with them for a long time. Exactly. Another thing that's really important is that you know this day and age. There's certainly um, many, many areas of the world that are in great need. And it's really important to us that we raise the kids with some level of awareness about this, that, you know, just because they have food on the table doesn't mean that everybody has food on the table. Mm -hmm. And we really want to make sure that they aren't thinking that, you know, their world is the center of the universe and essentially that they're not self-centered. Or spoiled. Probably the other two spaces that are really important um, as well with perspective is that the kids have a sense of kindness to others. 
um, that they are maybe more inspired to be giving and that they have a sense of gratitude for the things that they have. So I think th- those are kind of the keys behind why perspective is important to us or some of the highlights, because certainly there's a lot of reasons for why perspective and instilling perspective in the kids is important. It's really cute when we've gone to the kids' preschool or even now as they're a little bit older, I've noticed that they do this where if we go around and sometimes at dinner, we'll say, what are you grateful for? Or um, sometimes like in a prayer, they'll talk about what they're grateful for. And I love the times where they're like, I'm grateful for the whole world. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, that's that's a little all encompassing. (laughs) You got to, you got to narrow it down a little bit. It's an easy out. (laughs) Right. Well, that's probably exactly why they say it. I did give one of our daughters a journal recently because I've kept a gratitude journal for many, many years. And every morning I write down um, a few things that I'm grateful for and try to be somewhat, you know, narrow in what I put in there and uh specific yeah specific that that's what I meant to say and our daughter if she sees me doing my journal in the morning she comes over and she grabs her journal and she sits with me and she does it but it's still she we're working on her getting a little bit more specific because sorry you know her stuff is like I'm grateful for food, which is great. Like we should be grateful for food. And I mentioned it earlier, but you wanted to be a little bit more in depth, a little bit more thoughtful of it, not just I'm grateful. But I mean, she's, I'm assuming this is Lily, our eight year old. Like, I mean, she's learning how to do certain things that are like most eight year olds aren't learning how to write in a gratitude journal. So, I mean, I'd say that this is something that's kind of an add on for her. And so she's learning and now you do this stuff with her. I don't see a lot of it, but, um, it doesn't surprise me that she would say she's grateful for food or grateful for the U.S. of A. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's just, <laughs> she'll get it's cute. she'll get to the point where she's saying more specific things. Yeah, so it's cute. So um, a few things that we thought would be kind of cool to share with you: a few things that we do to help give the kids perspective. Um, and these are these are really specific things that we do. So the first one is chores. Pretty now, common. Yeah, I think that is pretty common. Um, one thing that we do that I feel like might be a little bit uncommon, certainly if I think back to when I was growing up, we would do chores here and there and we would get money here and there. It was kind of like an in and out thing. Um, but, uh, you get an allowance basically for the, for the week. Right. Yeah. But we, so we do two things. So first of all, you have the chores, the chore itself, which helps give the kids perspective of the importance of hard work. Like you can't just laze your day away, be on a device all day, not contribute to the family. Um, So certainly that there's that element of chores that is really important. But the other thing that we do is we give them the amount of dollars that are equal to their age. So our son, Jack is nine. He gets $9 a week. If he does all of his chores and keeps his room clean and makes his bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then we divide it up. So there's a portion that goes towards that's like he can put in his pocket. That's for him it's to his keep. money. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a portion, a smaller portion that goes into savings. Mm-hmm. And then there's a final portion that goes into a jar. And that's for giving and charity. Yeah. For charity. And so for a full year, they save up that amount of money in their jar. And at the end of the year, they can select where they want to give their money. The charity of their choice, where they want to. Right. And it's all combined, right? It's all right. the kids combined. No, 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 no. It's each kid. Oh, each individual. Okay. So if one wants to give their money to a pet shelter or one wants to give their money to a hospital, they're able to select where they do that. Um, last year, they all wanted to give it to the Salvation Army. So that was really easy. And they liked putting the money into the little jar and, you know, hear it right. clang. So. 
But I, I feel like that's a really cool thing to do with them when we talk about it. Like, where would you want to give your money? Who doesn't have money? How would this help them? And they, you know, we talk about it several times throughout the year too. So I'm trying to think about what the breakdown is of the percentage for how we do this because it's... Um, Isn't it just a third, third, third? No, no, no. No, it's 75 that they get. 75% of the money they get? Hold on, let me think. Yeah, I mean, you did all the math. I didn't have any part in this, but I, I, I liked that you did this and I set it up nicely. Yeah, I did it automatically. So I think it's 75 is the amount of money that they get. 20 goes into savings and five goes into charity. Percentage. Yeah. Percentage, yeah. Okay. Did you do chores when you grew up? Did you get money? Um, I did, uh, but that was uh, what I was going to say that I thought was really kind of neat is I don't recall uh, that when we got money, we put it aside for savings or gave it to some sort of charity or anything like that. It was strictly if you do the work around the house and whatever it is, then you get X amount of money by the end of the week. I, I mean, it's been so long. I don't remember the exact amount of money we got, but I'm pretty sure we didn't do anything like savings or charity. So when you uh, brought this up for our kids, I was actually pretty impressed because I thought, well, that's actually really, it's, it's like a twofer. It allows them to get money for themselves, which of course is I'm sure what they want. Certainly a nine-year-old would want money to buy things with. Um, But it also then maybe it's even a subconscious thing. It kind of teaches them that like you said earlier, like this is a way to give to others and a way to save. It's it's already teaching them how to uh, how to save money. When a lot of kids don't learn how to save money at all, and then they carry that into their adult lives. Um, so I think this is a great kickstart for them to learn how to save and learn how to be charitable, as well as making money for themselves. And they're learning at a very young age. So it's it's really yeah. I mean, it's more than just chores and here you're getting paid for the work you do like that's great but here you're also taking some of that money and you're saving it for later and then you're also giving it to those in need so it's yeah it's like a it's like a really nice way to kind of round them out i think and not just here's your money use it spend it yeah there's work ethic in there there's perspective on money that it you know that old saying that it doesn't grow on trees mm-hmm. and then there's the perspective of people needing things and us being in a position to give. Right. So I, I really love that one. In fact, I think we should probably do a, a separate podcast on more specifics when it comes to the chores, but but certainly that's like a biggie for us with the kids. Mm-hmm. Another one that has was really, really a game changer for us years ago is yeah. the marble jar. Which we haven't really done lately, but yeah, go ahead and explain how that works because that was a great one for us for a while. Yeah, so it all happened because we went to something like Disney on Ice. It was an ice show. I think it was Disney Oh yeah, on ice. I remember that. Yeah. And we got there and I remember being so excited for the kids and they were young, mm-hmm. but still like they they knew what was going on and you know, they were walking, they could talk about things. And I remember being so excited. They were going to love this. And all they wanted was the popcorn, the cotton candy that they weren't even looking at the ice. They were looking at the guy walking up and but down the aisle. It wasn't even so much that they just wanted that they were whining about it. They were some, I mean, if I remember correctly, this was before Ellie was around. So we only had the, the older three 
And they, like you said, they were young enough to, we thought this is going to be great. This is going to blow their minds. I mean, they're going to see Disney characters that they love on ice skating around and there's lights and, you know, all this pizzazz and everything. And you're right. They were more interested in the cotton candy and the pretzels and the, you know, drinks and everything. And not only that, they were just being kind of bratty about it. And I remember, and I know you'll corroborate this, that it was really not fun. Like we, we did not. We were frustrated. We were frustrated and it was... Yeah. And I, so we got in the car, we went on the way home, and I remember saying to you, never again. Right. That Something's got to change. We're not spending that money. We're not taking these kids somewhere just to hear them whine the entire time. That was miserable. Right. So um, I had read about a concept of the marble jar through Brene Brown, but it was, it was kind of different. It was like, it was in regards to um, friendship and friends that contribute um you know health healthfully to you and people who don't and there's this whole story you can read her books about this marble jar and um you know what it meant about behavior and friendships okay and i had read that around the same time and kind of landed on this which was kids from here on out Good behavior gets a marble in the jar. Bad behavior, we take marbles out. You get all the marbles in the jar. Then collectively as a team, you guys get to decide what we do as a family. Like a fun event. A or, fun event. Yeah. So a couple of things that we did were like we went to a hotel down in the city, spent some time down there. Which, the, they wanted to go to the pool. I mean, talk about perspective. Like the yeah. marble jar also gave us perspective because- yeah. They like we went to the hotel. They they just wanted to be at a hotel. Like just they to thought to being pool. a hotel would be so cool. Yeah, just to go to a pool. And remember when we got there, the first thing they did was, we have a bone. We have a paper and a pen. Yeah. They were jumping on the beds. <laughs> they were jumping on the beds. Like they just thought it was the greatest. And now we put like a little bit of a cherry on top because we had several siblings that were living down in. That's the city. right. They, and we surprised them with. They were like in the pool. <laughs> right. No, they came. Didn't or we they go, came right after they walked in with they the floaties. They walked in when we were, yeah, we yeah. got there in five minutes later or something. They, they came walking in unannounced and the kids loved it and it yeah, was great. Yeah, was but so cool. I think that right there, I, I'm picking out the hotel because that was the one. I know we did a few other things and we'll mention those too, but that was the one I think, and I think that was an early on one. It wasn't the first, but it was an early on one where it. I think that you could almost sense in the kids psyches that they got it kind of they're like wow this is what can happen if we behave well and we help out and we're good kids from there on out i mean yeah i think i think it was for another what maybe three or four maybe five years after that at best is, is how we really haven't done it in a while but yeah because we really haven't needed to yeah it, it, it we I'm trying to think like I'm certain that there were moments here and there where someone was acting out. Of course there were, cause I know we did take marbles out. I remember they yeah. lost an entire jar because um, one oh, of yeah. them ran across the street at the babysitters without looking both ways. And, and we, we told, yeah, we told the babysitter, we're like, you are more than welcome to add to marbles or to take away. And she, she took, took the them all jar. away. <laughs> we had never done that. She did that that one time when I was like, whoa, all right, that's Ooh, serious. serious. But she's, I mean, she was very right in that way. You know, the, I think it was Jack that ran across the street blindly and that just freaked her out. And she's like, that's it. You guys are no marbles, which is another point too. It was. It also taught the kids how to work as a as a team, and so you know if Jack is is doing the right thing and he gains a marble or two, 
and then Jane screws something up, I mean, that ruins it for him. So it's kind of like, look, if we all behave well, we all benefit. If we, if one of us screws up, it takes down the rest of the team. So it's almost kind of another one of those things where I mentioned with the, the chores earlier, where it's like setting them up for good behaviors and good work ethic when they get older and when they join the workforce or however they're going to work when they, when they do that, um, whether it's in the corporate setting or retail or whatever, it's going to help them learn how to work on a team. And I should say that's the work. I should also say in school too. It's going to help them in their in their studies when they get onto teams and have to do projects and things like that. I think this is kind of the precursor to that. And I didn't even think of it that way until a couple times. And I was like, "Wow, yeah, these guys really have to work together, or they're or they all crash and burn. If one crashes, they all crash." And they also had to work together to come up with what it was that they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that we did the most was bowling. That's right. Yeah, we went bowling a few times. We went on a boat once. Went to the Cubs I, game. We went to the Cubs game. But you know what was so funny? Like the things that they really wanted to do. Yeah, going to a hotel. Okay, so that's that requires money. Like that was an investment. That was right. definitely a bigger one. But half the time they were like, "Let's go to the library." Yeah, and I know. Like, that's- Okay. Hey, that's all right. That's hey, your choice. I mean, that was perspective for us where we're like, wow, we're taking them to Disney on Ice and they think going to the library is the bomb. <laughs> like, well, that just, why don't we just take them to the library? What are we doing? Well, I guess that might go to show you that they were either more interested in the library from the get go or that they learned that there are, there are ways to enjoy yourself after doing a good job and like kind of rewarding yourself. And maybe the library is one of them. <clears throat> maybe the library is one of them. And, so I think that really after that Disney on Ice fiasco, I think the kids really started to learn how to work together, how to create good situations. They they faltered. I mean, there certainly were times when they would lose marbles or, as we mentioned, they lost the whole thing because Jack ran across the street. Although I don't think he's ever done that again. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, they learned a lot of lessons. Yeah, they, they learned did. that there's consequences for your behaviors. There's right. good consequences and there's negative consequences. And we didn't have to. It removed the need to discipline them. I suppose you could argue that it was discipline in itself, but I think of discipline as like kind of like cracking down yeah. this, this hard, hard... We didn't have to do that. Really. No, it was very simple. It was very matter of fact. Okay, you made the decision to X, Y, and Z, and you either earned a marble for that or we removed a marble. I might argue that that method may have worked more successfully anyways, I mean, we, there's no way to really tell because you're right. We weren't, we weren't reprimanding uh, maybe like the standard reprimand, like yelling or something like that. And it's not that we wouldn't do that. I mean, I guess occasionally that might happen. But I, I want to think that maybe when you would say or I would say, okay, sorry, guys, you've lost a marble. And that just that's like a soul crusher to them, especially if we're close to getting all the marbles. Like we might have, they might have one marble left to get. And we're like, guys, all you have is one left. And then one of them screws something up and that's, it it crushes everyone's soul because they're like, oh, now we got to, now we got to gain that marble back plus the one that we were supposed to have to, to get the the final thing. So I think that that's actually almost maybe a better way to punish if that's the right word to use, because it really, it makes them feel bad of what they did. It's not just like, fine, whatever. I screwed up. Like he's going to yell at me again. Like no big deal. No, it's like, no, you're letting everyone else down around you too because you've screwed up and you guys are a team and now you got to work harder to get that back up. So two other things that we wanted to bring up um, as far as how we help give the kids perspective. Um, we would be remiss not to talk about 
physically doing things to be kind to others, to give back to others. Because there's giving of money, but then there's giving of time. And, you know, both are important. But um, one thing that we did recently, and we were just starting to get into this. groove kind of And then, yeah, and then the pandemic hit, and we kind of had to pull back. And there was just, um, you know... We'll be we'll be bringing it back into the family, but um, it just it's it's actually a lot of work to plan these things out for the kids and their ages. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, what I've been doing was once a month doing something of a different genre um, of a of a way to get back. So one month the theme could be animals, and one month the theme could be um, thanking servicemen and women. It could be reaching out to the elderly. It could be hospitals. Um, but the one that stands out to me is the first one that we did, which was Feed My Starving Children. So right. we took the kids to this building and they I, th- I believe they have them all over America. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you do is you get into teams and you package food for underserved areas. Right. And let's not say which kid this was because I don't want them to be embarrassed. If I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, it's a funny story, but it's but cute. It's total it's, perspective. Yeah. Um. So we're driving there, and it's. I don't think you were with us, and it was our. No, I wasn't it was that day. Almost, it was three of our kids, and then one kid's friend. And we get we arrive at this building, and I've kind of been talking about it, like, yeah, we're gonna go to feed my starving children, but not giving too too much detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us a while to get there. We get out of the car and we're walking in, and this one of our kids goes, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited we're here! I can't wait to eat." And I'm like, "What? Uh, what, are, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can eat?" Yeah. And she, I said, "She." Well, and I get to say which one, but she she goes, "What? I thought." I thought you feed my starving children was the parents make the food for the for kids. The kids. <laughs> Aren't we the starving children? And I was like, what? You're, but, are you kidding? But you just said it before, earlier. That is a total perspective change. Like you just assumed, because you knew already that feed my starving children is by d- the definition of what it is, is we're, you're helping to feed the, the children that are starving out there. The daughter who said that, since you did mention that it was a she, she didn't think outside of her own bubble there. And then why would she? She would know. She's never been educated on that. And she thought, oh, good. We're going somewhere where they're going to feed us. We're the starving children because she doesn't know any other children around the world. Yeah. And I purposefully didn't get into too much detail beforehand because I didn't want to set expectations. I just kind of wanted it to be a little bit raw. Well, I, that was raw. That right was there. raw. That was and very then, raw. And, and it's nice because when you get there, they play a video and they kind of talk through it. And so everyone has more perspective when you go in. And then yeah, we talked about it a lot on the way home. And um, But it, I, I thought that was a really, really good exercise. So we'll, we'll be getting back into more of those things. We'll probably share some of our plans with you guys as you know time goes on. But, um, but, but that certainly like giving your time was important. Um, and then the last thing that we um, wanted to share is just, you know, a reminder of how important travel has been for us. So mm-hmm. not as easy to do right now, if at all, we've, we've really pulled back and basically haven't traveled. Um, but we will certainly be getting back into the swing of things because we've noticed that it helps the kids become more adaptable. And yeah. it... The obvious thing is it introduces them to other cultures, but it gets them outside of their comfort zone. And I think that that is a really important thing for everybody 
to get more comfortable with. And I've heard in the past, again, pre-COVID, um, you know, the kids had said to me a few times on and off, like, hey, when are we going to go somewhere? When are we? I mean, it could be Disney World, but it also could be when are we going to go travel again in general? Like they really enjoyed the traveling experience, which I thought was cool too. It wasn't just the destination that they liked. It was the experience. Um, last summer, we got to go to Colorado for my good friend's wedding, and then we flew up to Canada for a little extended vacation. That was like flying three different places, and it was just in renting a few different cars and all that kind of stuff, and they just really enjoyed that. And so I think, but we it's because we started them off early on that stuff too, and they they just have adapted to it very, very easily, except for a little bit of car sickness here and there, but... And we're working on that one. Yeah. I mean, each of these things that we're mentioning are, um, we could do a whole separate podcast on each of these and we probably will. Mm -hmm. But as far as it, as perspective goes, these are um, some of the key things that we do and areas that we focus on. Having said all of that, I think this is a continuous journey, especially as your kids get older and they experience more and, and, um, you know, we want to make sure that we continue to pursue this. So there's a few areas that we're focused on as like, we don't feel like we've 100% nailed. One is just the kids taking care of their things. Like, yeah, just understanding that, oh, something broke. Well, I can replace it. You know, I think they have this sense of just everything's replaceable. You don't need to take such good care of your things. Like, Well, they know that they're going to... they historically they've gotten new stuff i mean christmas comes once a year their birthday comes once a year they're not dumb they know that so they just assume that they're going to get more stuff and that's not what we want them to do and we're trying to teach them that and also like you said of course teach them how to take care of their things because as we've started to do if you're not going to take care of your things we don't care about them really so we We'll take care of them on our own, <laughs> how yeah. we see fit. That's another whole different episode. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to um, really encourage them to understand that stuff isn't... What's the word I'm looking for? Stuff isn't... Um, there's not an endless supply of stuff. Right, right. Um, the second thing is, and, and I think like as kids age, this is a natural thing that you have to keep instilling in them, which is caring for others. Um, certainly like as you get into adolescence and you get a little bit older, it's really easy to turn your thinking, you know, a hundred percent on yourself and just be really sensitive to what everyone thinks about you and how you look and and peer pressure, all that. Yeah. That that plays a big part. And we really want to make sure that we are reminding the kids to be thinking of others. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing, which kind of correlates with this, is considering those who are less fortunate and always being, like we said in the beginning, curious to learn more, not cognizant trying, of the cognizant, fact that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having an interest in educating themselves, um, learning more and just. Yeah, yeah, that they are naturally interested in going outside of their bubble. So just to recap it all, I mean, a lot of reasons why perspective is important for us. 
you know, we, we think that it's a journey. It's not like a final destination that you arrive at, especially as you're raising kids. Um, a lot of things that we focus on from how we give to others to how we take care of ourselves and our environment, um, you know, how, what this means for our kids as they learn more about finances and responsibilities. Um, so it's, like I said, an ongoing journey and, Um, I think, you know, we'll probably do a few more podcasts and some of the topics that we touched on, but uh, that's where we stand as it is today on Perspective for Children. Well said. And with that, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Again, make sure you give us a like on Facebook. You can listen to us on pretty much any and all podcast platform, including now Amazon, which we are on. So go check us out there. And thanks for listening. (laughs) 